You're listening to Touch the Line Podcast. Touch the Line Podcast. Focused on leadership, culture, and building a team. Here's your host, Evan Silver. All right, welcome to Touch the Line. Today we have the Jordan Fox on the podcast. Jordan, thanks for being on Touch the Line today. Thanks for having me. So I know who you are. Uh, we've been hanging around for many years, but tell our listeners who you are and how you got to this podcast today. Um, well, I'm Jordan. I've been with Silver Salon like almost nine years, which is really crazy. It'll be nine years in April. Um, I started in the hair industry in 2007, working at a salon, and I graduated from hair school and was behind the chair in 2008. Um, so I worked at a different salon in the area for about four years, and then I, I knew Erin growing up at church, and I saw that she opened up a salon, and it's a really funny story how I like ended up getting an interview there because. I didn't want anybody at my old salon to know that I was about to leave or thinking about leaving. So I got my mom on Facebook to send Aaron a message. I remember that we could like be an incognito a little bit. And my mom was like, Hey, I have this friend who does hair who's interested. And Aaron was like, yeah, your daughter. (laughs) And that's how that happened. So, um, Went through an interview, did our old interview process, which was basically come in, talk to Erin, do a model, leave. She'll call you back in a few days. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's how I ended up at Silver Salon. And so hang on. You had to do a uh, you had to work on a model. Okay. Yeah. Cause we don't yep. do that now. I don't even know if we, we don't oh. even talk about hair or anything. We're just like, are you licensed? And then we go from there. <laughs> are you licensed? Yeah. Yeah. We used to do a model. So, um, I had to do, what was it? It was like a bob or something. And then Aaron told me what to do. It was like highlights and a bob and like a blowout or something like that. And, um, it was one of my good friends. I did it on her and I just remember I was nervous, but I had never used shampoo bowls like what we had. And I soaked my friend. I mean, drowned her to the point where I was like, just hold your breath so I can rinse your hair out because I could. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to get this job. I, I give up. It was. Awful. And look at you. You made it. You've been, know, you've been the longest, um, the, you know, the OG of the yeah. song. You are head educator over the associate program. You are the dean, the principal, whatever way you want to look at it, at Silver Salon. Tell us about how you um, you got pushed into that <laughs> role that you do so well. Tell us, give us, give our listeners a little backstory on that. Okay, so I've always been really passionate about education in general, like uh. I'm such a nerd. I like to read. I like to research. Um, I'm one of those people that if I see like a name of something, I'm going to go Google that and read everything I can about it. So, because for one, it helps me behind the chair because I'm able to have conversations with just about anybody (laughs) about something. I know a lot about, I know a little about a lot of things. 
Um, so, um, I was just having, I was kind of having like some health issues at the time. I have some back issues, um, which is a whole nother thing. Um, and I was just, I guess it was more out of fear of not being able to continue behind the chair. Yeah. Um, was kind of setting in because in my mind in 2013, I'd had some pretty major surgery and my doctors were like, you know, Hey, like you can go as far as you can, but like, you've got to listen to your body. And you know, some people go 10 years, some people go 20 years and whatever. And I was kind of getting into that almost 10 year mark and I was getting kind of scared. (laughs) Um, and I had found this thing that I was like, well, I can, if I cut back behind the chair, I can like supplement my income with this a little bit and be able to do that and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember, um, I think it was on like a Friday afternoon. I waited till everybody left because in my heart, I just, I respect you and Aaron to the point where I didn't want to like throw it on y'all and be like, Hey, I'm doing this by the way. Like I wanted to not necessarily ask permission, but like ask for guidance with it. Right. To make sure I was doing the right thing. So I waited um till everyone left and I was like, hey, can I ask you guys a question? Um, which is always like the I feel like that's like the loaded question of can I ask you guys a question? Right. Um, so I kind of like presented my argument of why I wanted to do this. And um they were like, Well, or you guys were like well, what are you passionate about? And I was like, well, I love like education and teaching. Um, and cosmetology school always gave my teacher a hard time. I'm like, when you retire, like just call me and I'll just take your position. We'll just make it easy peasy. They won't like even know that you're gone. Right. Um, so I'm always like, just call me like whatever. Um, so I just remember like y'all being like, well, why don't you do that here? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, it just, it it didn't click right away of like, what are you talking about? Um, and because at the time I did have an associate and we were working together and it just, I was like, well, yeah, like um, in my head, I was like, well, yeah, I'm teaching them. But like, I don't, I, it just, it just took a minute to like set in. And I know like you're like the 50,000 foot like let's dream for a minute and you're like let's dream for a minute what if you did this and you had this and there was like you were over the like you you had like five or six people that you were leading and all this kind of stuff and I was like oh my god you're right so that was like kind of when it like set in that I could do something like that and still work behind the chair some but kind of that was kind of where it all began yeah and a, a lot of the stuff we dreamed came true um, yeah. at the time it was kind of like uh okay how's all this gonna work and well and aaron <laughs> you and aaron are the ones that were like okay we need a plan what are we gonna yeah. put and i'm like hey let's just do it just um do it. <laughs> yeah so we have um five associates we have five educators mm-hmm. and you lead all the uh, associates and you do once a month, you do a class where they're in person. And then you also have, we use a website that has online training that you released. Uh, and like, as I was helping you put all that together, it was mind blowing how much 
stuff there's in there. Like it's such yeah. great stuff. Like you have podcasts and it's not only getting their technical skill, it's also getting their mindset right um, as well. So you found, it felt like you just found your lane <laughs> with mm-hmm. a passion and you just yeah. like went for it because we've seen that in your work where it comes to the, the classes and it comes to the training and the, the communication and, you know, you're doing a lot of stuff, quote unquote, behind the scenes when you're not behind the chair, like you're doing at home, you mm-hmm. know, presentations. And it, it's just amazing to see someone step into their passion. Be like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, you know, I talk about this a lot on the podcast is that leaders, we feel like, well, we can do it. We can do it right. And we could do it better. And, you know, we're all, you know, we beat the drum of like empower people. And mm-hmm. you took it where Erin was doing the associate program, but she didn't have a lot of margin for it. I mean, she's yeah. got so many other things and you were like, Hey, I would love to take that. And mm-hmm. you made it win. So I would love to talk about um, this generation called the Gen Z's. Um, mm-hmm. So you have millennials, which I think everybody knows about millennials. You know, there's things to love about them. There's things to frustrate. I don't know if I'm a millennial or not. I was born in 1983. So some say I'm Gen X. Some say I'm Gen X. Some say I'm millennial. And I think there's a an XY generation that's like a small that I'm a part of. So I might I might have three. I don't know. Um, but we have pretty much all Gen Z. So everyone we're looking for in our company is fresh out of school. We, I'm trying to think like we've, we haven't put an ad out that we're looking for an experienced stylist in years. So we're at this probably when I, probably when I applied was probably one of the last times. Cause after that, that, I mean, 2012 was when Erin got her first associate and that was how we were more, we were already kind of, building that way anyways. Right. You get them in, like get to know the culture. This is how we do things. You know, this is Mm -hmm. how we blow dry, not this the right way, but this is just how we do it in our culture and our branding. Yeah. Uh, So Gen Z's, it was very interesting because I have a computer over here that I was actually reading up on Gen Z's. I've been listening to a podcast just to kind of see and I would love to get your take on this, just kind of a conversation about it. And the gen, the, the millennials were born during an economic boom and Gen Z's were born during or raised during a recession. So mm-hmm. the Gen Z's have, they're less likely to trust companies. And I started digging into it. And during the recession, all these large companies started laying off mass employees, which mm-hmm. lost a lot of trust. So they're like, oh, well, my dad worked for this company for 35, 40 years and then got laid off. So yeah. they so they're they're less likely to trust companies. Um, but the great thing is in our company, and you know, the companies are thinking ahead, is they want more structure. The Gen Z's do. They want more structure mm-hmm. because they saw that happen to their parents. And they're like, where am I going to be in five years? And what's going to happen in 10 years? And so you having a plan is is going to help get Gen Z's. Now, millennials, they're a lot more free spirited. They're, Mm -hmm. you know, like, well, let's fill it out. And that's not a knock on millennials at all. I think millennials have done a phenomenal job on 
um, creating a lot of content in mm-hmm. the past, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, what's some, what, what are some things that you've seen from Gen Z's? Because what, you're a millennial, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm not going to ask when you were born. Not going to do that. You don't do that to uh, women. But um, tell us, tell us a little bit about your millennial because you were you were probably taught under what Gen X boomers. Yes, I was like a Gen X boomer associate. Um, The salon I was working at, they didn't have a program. You were just an assistant, so um, it was more of your typical assistant role. But yeah, I was the assistant under Gen X and boomers and they do things totally different than what millennials did. And um, I was, I'm very artsy. So like, I like to just mix up random stuff and see what happens. Like I'm much more um, willing to take risk (laughs) when it comes to some things. Um, Aaron and I laugh. We're always like, if you ever come to us and ask us to formulate with you, like you just need to stop because we just, we go and it's just not, it's not pleasant. Like we just get excited. Yeah. We're going to do something new. Why don't you do this? And we just start doing crazy stuff. Um, so yeah, like the way I did, it was way different from them and I didn't understand what they were talking about. And they didn't understand what I was talking about. And I was wanting to try these new techniques. And like, they had never seen hair curled with a flat iron before. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? You've never curled a flat iron? Which is now looking back (laughs) is the exact same way that the Gen Z's are looking at us. Yes. So it's like... I don't know. <laughs> I laugh because I understand their frustration with like us now, even more than what's probably some other people do because of that. Right. And with education and knowing like what's the new trend you got, you got to be relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, that's, I, I'm 37 years old and I've said this before on the podcast. When I show up to a cosmetology school, I feel like everybody's like, Hey, whose dad's here? Yeah. Like, who's who's this old guy? <laughs> So, you know, staying relevant and staying up with the, the new, um, techniques we've actually, uh, recently hired someone who went to another salon and I said, Hey, why did you choose us? And they're like, there's a lot more younger people here. And, um, the education is a huge part. So I think being relevant and staying on the forefront, always hiring young is going to push the company uh, forward. I want to take a moment and talk about tough conversations. Have you ever had to have a tough conversation with an employee and you think about what you're going to say, what they're going to say and how they're going to react and you get this pit in your stomach and you can't sleep at night? Well, I have. But fortunately, after many mistakes that I have made, And after being around great leaders and mentors, I have now created an online course on how to win at Tough Conversations. Not how to win the conversation, but how both parties can become better versions of themselves on the other side of a tough conversation. All this is on my website at evansilver.co. That's evansilver.co. You just click on the online course. This course is video 
has PDFs attached to it, and it's only $99. So check out How to Win Tough Conversations on evansilver.co. Let's see some other things that I've got. This was kind of sad. Um, the Gen Z's are, this article said that they're the loneliest generation. And I, I can kind of see that. They're yeah. so connected, but they're the loneliest generation. And that that just kind of breaks my heart. Yeah, I I can definitely, I definitely see that just because like one, I think, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but it was talking about like millennials versus Gen Z. I think it was like a, maybe Craig Rochelle or something. I'd have to look back and see. Um, but they were saying like millennials are tech, like they need tech, but like Gen Z's no tech. Yeah, so what is it tech is it tech dependent? Tech dependent, yeah. Like we're tech dependent, but they're like tech savvy. Yeah. To where everybody always thinks millennials, oh, they're tech savvy, like they can do anything, just hand them a phone. Um, but they've grown up behind a screen and they've always it's like a a digital wall between them and the rest of the world. And there's all these like pictures and I don't know if you would call them memes or what you would call them but they're like descriptive pictures of like oh look at how like perfect my life is but then on the back side of the camera the whole like place is burning down yeah yeah I've seen that yeah it's really sad because I mean and I think it really affects how they know how to communicate with people too because they're not used to communicating face to face right um another thing Gen Z's are more independent I think that mm-hmm. has to do with growing up during a recession. Um, they're less likely to trust them, uh, companies, but they're more independent and they're more likely to aspire to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that has to do with social media because we see people who are influencers. I'm doing air mm-hmm. quotes or um, people f- that are famous just because of social media, which I don't really understand because I'm like, I'm not going to follow Mark in Ohio, but just because he <laughs> like, you yeah. did, like you, you got to show me like you're an expert at something, not just posting yeah. about walking in the woods. Um, that is completely made up. If Mark's in Ohio <laughs> and he walks in the woods and he has a lot of followers, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, they want like Gen Z wants to be known. Like yes. they, they want them to know who Sally Sue at soap and suds is like they want to know who that person is like they want people to know them yeah and when you're when you're like we do when we hire Mm -hmm. we when we go through the interview process we make it well known like hey we're a team you Mm -hmm. can still build your brand and be known but i mean i don't know i'm a i'm a huge huge fan of working with the team Mm -hmm. and a team that has I would say not, I'm not patting myself on the back by no means, yeah. but with great leadership. Cause I've been yeah. on teams with bad leadership and I'm like, I'd rather just go do this myself. Um, I've been on teams with great leadership and I'm like, yes, yeah. let's move forward. And that, um, I mean, I just thought about this. Um, like if you were to sit down with a Gen Z and you say, what kind of teams have you been on? Mm. They're probably going to be like, none. I didn't play sports or I didn't dance or I didn't cheer or whatever. So like they don't have that 
team mentality driven into them to where like millennials, it was like, you're going to start out playing T-ball and then you're going to do baseball and then you're going to do travel ball and then you're going to do high school and, you know, whatever. And then, you know, with girls, it's like, you're going to dance and cheer and you're, you always have that team. As, that's how I was raised. I danced from the time I was three until I was 18. And I was always on a team with a coach that was very tough that would get like, I mean, she loved us with everything she had, but she would literally get within an inch and be like, you're the reason why you've got to take like the initiative to get better. The team is not going to make you better. You have to make yourself better. And that was like a huge thing where I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like I can't let the team drag me along. I've still got to like be responsible for myself also. And I think that's a huge thing that, and that's why I think team sports are so important. Like with my son, he's playing, he's on a T-ball team. And I just, I want him to know how to, how to work with other people because it's going to help them in the long run. Absolutely. It's going to be, it's going to be so much beneficial in life. And I I know what you're getting at. I saw like the underlining you, you want to tell everyone, wasn't you like a clogging champion? Yes. I was a clogging champion. What year? Uh, I think it was 2002. I don't believe that because I've never seen you clog. So um, I'll have to bust out (laughs) some old videos. No, you can just start clogging in the salon. Like, oh gosh, after you hit your, I wouldn't goals be able to walk. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to walk for a week. But I there probably are, be able to walk after watching. Just, um, we do have work. we do have guests in there that I danced with them growing up that they can verify all of this. Okay, I'm gonna need that verification. Okay, um, <laughs> what are you looking for in an associate? Um, I would just say somebody who is willing to learn someone who wants to work hard and um, wants to like always better themselves and are like really willing to put in the effort. That's really good. What, how do you know that before you hire them? Um, Well, you, a lot of times we have a, like a pretty extensive hiring process. It's not like a, Hey, can I work here? And it's like, sure. Come, come tomorrow and you can start working. Work on a model. (laughs) Yeah. Work on a model. Um, so we try to like, I feel like with our hiring program or our hiring process, it helps weed out the kind of people that are like, oh, this is just for fluff or um, I think I want to do this. You know what I mean? Like it, it helps kind of weed that out. And sometimes people really don't know what they want to do until they really get in it. And that's okay too. Um, right. That's happened before where we've gotten in and we totally thought people were going to like just flourish and go. And once they got kind of halfway through it, they're like, I can't do this. This is not for me. This is not what I signed up for. And that's totally okay. Yeah. It's much better to find that out on the now, now instead of six <laughs> to seven years. Uh, yeah. We've had plenty of people, you know, we've sat down we're like, Hey, like, how's everything going? Like your passion seems to be going out. And they're mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I want to do hair anymore. I'm like, Oh, yeah. okay. Well, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're not passionate about doing hair, it's a, it's very like, I think everybody sees our industry as the party girls and mm-hmm. you know, they go out for drinks afterwards and they just sling hair and color all day. It's hard work. Um, yeah. And so 
we hopefully bring a professional aspect to that, that, you know, when you throw a mask on, you throw all mm-hmm. these protocols on, it's, it's hard work what you guys do. Um, so you said interview process, we've talked about the interview process on our podcast, but tell me what it's like on your end. So go ahead. Oh, um, so after they kind of do like their first initial interview, that's whenever we do like the team interviews or the, um, I don't know if you call it team interview, group interviews, what you call it. The second one's the lead team interview. The lead team interview. Okay. Um, and that is where like, we get to know the, you know, the person that's applying. Um, and I think that's really beneficial just putting like a name to a face and seeing like how the conversation flows and how, um, how interactive they are, how prepared they are, how many questions they have like that to me is super beneficial for what they're going to be like in the associate program. I love it when people already have questions right down for us. Yes. Um, and I mean, I always tell people like, if you have any questions like afterwards, like feel free to email me or let Evan know and he can let me know or whatever. Um, but I love it when people come prepared with some sort of question. Yeah, that I'm the same way when they bring questions. I'm like, Oh, they came to like playing the majors. (laughs) Yep. Um, in that second interview, most of the time, I don't think recently I've been in those interviews. So it's you and someone else. And if other people want to join, they can, um, but they do a lead team interview and then they come in for a shadow day Mm -hmm. and, I would love for you to talk about how we structure a shadow day instead of, I think, I think we do it for what, three hours? Yes. It's typically three hours, like eight to 11 or something like that. Um, We kind of divide it up into three between like two, like two hours in this area or an hour in each area. Um, So we always start out with, they come in for the team meeting. We have a daily, um, I don't know if it'd be a meeting. I guess it'd be like a, a rally in the morning just to see what our goals are for the day, get everybody hyped and ready for the work day. Um, we go around the room and they even say one of their goals because we want them to, while they're there to feel as much a part of the team as possible. So it would be kind of rude if we just skipped over and be like, no, 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 you're not a part of this. You're just right. looking at this. Yeah. Um, So typically they start off with an educator and an associate for about an hour, hour and a half, and they will follow around the associate. Um, I know Kat, she, the last girl that we had shadow, she was like, okay, so this is our book and this is how we get our goals. And we go ahead and get the cape and the next strip ready. Um, We're going to go ahead and pull products. And this is why we pull products. Um, like she was just explaining, like kind of narrating what we do every day. Um, and she just kind of followed her around. And then a couple of times I would notice both of them were kind of in the back. And that was when they were asking questions and talking and just kind of showing, showing the ropes basically. Um, and then kind of after that part, they flip over to the front desk and they get to see the computer, how that works, checking in, um, all of that kind of stuff. I don't know a lot about front desk. I do well enough to check people out. <laughs> Every time I touch that computer, <laughs> it breaks to the point of where like 
when Sammy comes back in, she's just like, stop touching it. It's like, stop touching Jordan. Stay yeah. in your lane. She will literally like point and be like, go, like, just, just stop touching it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to help, but I'm making things worse. Yeah. Well, that, when they're at the front <laughs> desk, what we really want them to see is that um, the guest experience of mm-hmm. how we communicate to our guests, how we greet them, because part of their commission is going to pay for front desk. Yep. So, you know, we, yeah. we say that a lot in our company of like, hey, utilize the front desk because you're paying for it out of mm-hmm. the commission. Yep. Um, so we want them to, and they're going to be working the front desk as an associate as well. So they're going to pick up a shift. And then the third one, they're back with. They're you typically guys. back with us. And then I try to mark out time or like figure out a time about anywhere from like 15 to 20 minutes just to like take them in the office, sit down with them, um, really explain what the associate program is, give them kind of a 50,000 foot overview of what we do um, and just talk to them one-on-one and get any questions. I give them my contact information. That way, if they have any questions directly relating to what I do, it's just that way they don't have to go through the channels. They can just shoot me an email. Yeah. And that's typically how they end their day. And sometimes we've had people say, Hey, would you mind if I stayed and watched? Like they said, they were getting ready to do like some really cool color. Would you, is it okay if I watched? I'm like, yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Points and in my book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did you just realize you started? <laughs> Go clock yeah. in. So, you know, what we want them to see is we want them to A, see if this is a great fit for them. And we want our team to interview them as well. Yep. So, you know, there's times I'm like, hey, what did you think about X? And they're like, oh, I didn't have time to talk to them or I didn't get really get to know them. It's almost like voting. Yeah. Like if you had the chance to vote, don't complain who's in office. <laughs> you had the chance to talk to someone who was here for three hours. You yep. know, don't don't be complaining if things happen, you know. Yeah. So that's the way I look at it. Um, all right. Let's wrap this up. I want okay. to, I would love to know, give some salon owners some tips for implementing this structure. They're probably like, oh, I need to hire younger people or I need to get an associate program. What are some things, what are some tips? Um, well, first off, before you get anywhere into like getting an associate program started, I would ask why you were doing it. Are you doing it for the extra set of hands and just for the sake of making your life easier? Or are you wanting to invest in somebody else? Hmm. Because if you're just doing it for the extra set of hands, then that's an, that's more of an assistant, not an associate. And they're going to know that. They're going to yep. know, you know that oh, I'm just here to do all the grunt work. And I think mm-hmm. once you get to that part of, I want to, basically leave a legacy. Jordan, yeah. there's going to be so many stylists 10, 20, 30 years from now being like, if it wasn't for Jordan Fox, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Yeah. And once you get into that mindset, then it's like, it, you treat people different. Your, yeah. your program's going to be a little bit different. Your How you work as a team is going to be a little bit different. So I love that. Associate yeah. you know, versus assistant and why you're in it. What are some other tips? Um, Just... Making sure that you have margin. I mean, if you are working 70 hours behind the chair and you're like, oh, I need an assistant or I need an associate or whatever, like 
there's no margin to help them grow. There's no margin to answer questions. There's no margin to even check and make sure they're still breathing at that point. So just making sure that you're okay with that because the reward's going to come on the end. Like you're going to make more money. You're going to not melt into your seat at the end of the day. You're going to have that help, but you have to be willing to give something wholeheartedly um, without any, what am I trying to say? Without like any want of return, like you have to just give it away and like your reward will be there. And that's going to be like being able to make more money by working probably less hours. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. <laughs> um, and working smarter, not harder. And also like, they're going to learn so much. They're going to learn like, you, if you've been behind the chair more than, I don't know, three months, like you have something to give. Yeah. Um, what's more of a priority when you have an associate? Is it the associate or your guest? Um, I would definitely say the priority for me is my associate. Like I want to make sure that they are set up for success. Um, because if they know that I care about them, they'll care for the guest. Mm. To where if, which I think you guys have said that before, like if you care about your team, the team will take care of you. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same same thing. Like I know that my associate knows that I care deeply about her and her well-being at home, um, her ability to do things behind the chair. Like I, I genuinely care. So I don't have to worry about how she's going to treat somebody um, in my chair. I don't have to worry about that at all. Yeah. I I knew the answer to that question. That's why I asked (laughs) because I think people think, Oh, I have, I'm working 70 hours. I can't cut back. I can't do that to my guest to take time to take care of my associate, which I don't think they would say it that way, but you got to think what's more of a priority. Um, And honestly, they will like your associate more than you. Yes. I have had so many people say, Jordan, I love you. But you suck at shampoos. <laughs> yeah, uh, all our associates. I don't and, want you to shampoo my hair anymore. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, good. Every, I don't want to. Everyone that came through our company from Jenna on yeah. gives the best shampoos. Anybody you know has been there longer than that. I'm like, ugh. Just nah. slap it around yeah, and, and get out. Lo- yeah, yeah. I love the shampoo experience. All right, one more tip. Give us one okay. more tip for salon owners. Ooh, let's see. Um. I would definitely like whenever you have somebody that is that you've hired and you're getting ready to um, start working with them, ask them how they want to be coached. Ask the associate how they like to be coached. Are they right then and there? They want to be coached and like corrected. Not, I don't say corrected. That sounds bad, but um, led <laughs> in a certain way right then and there. Or are they, but are they one that wants to be, um, let like let them know what's going on more away from the guests. I don't know if that made sense or not, but if they're wanting to be, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I, I think some people like you'll, you'll have people that will say, Hey, just tell me, just tell yeah, me straight just tell up. Me and you're straight. like, okay. Cause that's how you are. Yeah. You're like, hey, I'm just like, tell me. Yeah. But then I'm you have some people up. it's like, Hey, you know, kind of, they won't say this, but Hey, kind of see how I'm doing first. Yeah. I mean, we have, we had someone in our company that um, 
you know, they told their educator, hey, will you tell me when I'm doing something right? Mm-hmm. Because yep. they were telling them, hey, you know, you're let's work on this. Let's do this. Hey, you didn't get the glaze all the way out or you didn't blah, 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 blah. blah. And she was just like, hey, I'm, I'm taking that in. But tell me when I do something right. So I think as yeah. leaders, we do need to tell uh, people in our care, like, hey, you're freaking killing it at this because we all yeah. need encouragement. But yeah, because go ahead. Yeah, because yeah, a lot of times, like, um, I know, like me, like I'm one of the people to where, like, if nobody's coming to tell me that I'm doing something wrong, I'm doing it right, right, <laughs> and I'm totally okay with that. Um, but not everybody's like that. They want to know, like, they want constant encouragement. They're, um, a lot of people are words are words of affirmation. To where I'm, I'm not like, I'm like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I think like, I don't know how to take a compliment all the time. Um, so I forget that, that people aren't always like me also with coaching people. Like I have to remember, like, I am like pretty tough. Like, I'm like, we got to get this done. Like, let's get it done. Let's get it going. I know you guys can do this, but at any time I've ever had to have like, a tough conversation with somebody like for example there, there was somebody like just griping about something in the back and I was like haven't we already talked about this and she was like yeah and I was like are you gonna do anything about it and she just kind of looked at me I said because I don't want to hear anymore about it if you're not gonna do anything about it and I was like right. I love you and I just walked out the door <laughs> but yeah. I was like I love you like I, I say this because I love you and she just started laughing because she knows how I am Right. It and wasn't lot, out of being mean. It was just, I love you, but don't crap about it anymore. Right. And a lot of people might say, oh my gosh, like that's, that's, that's kind of harsh. And Jordan, you, you show nothing but love to our staff and everyone knows that you are in their corner. So yeah. when you say things like that and there's truth to it, you know, mm-hmm. I think you can say it in a way where uh, it might lay a little heavy, but they know like, you want the best for them. And yeah, totally. I, I, think, I think that's, it's, it's an art. It really is. If you're listening yeah. to this, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, no. Hang on. <laughs> we'll do another uh, episode on that. But Jordan, thanks so much for, um, for just joining in on Touch the Line. I felt like we just had like a, a living room conversation. You're a wealth of knowledge. You're an incredible leader. You're incredible behind the chair and at the the uh, the associates and everything, and we are super super thankful for you. So thanks for taking yeah. time on your day air quotes off because I know you're always working. Yeah. But thanks so much for being on Touch the Line. Yeah, thanks for having me. I couldn't uh, do it without you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Ditto. All right, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to Touch the Line Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel wherever you're listening.